I uh, have been wanting to share what the Lord has done for me for a while, but I wanted to make sure that it, uh, it was done <laughs> because he, uh, he still isn't quite finished with me yet. But uh, we've come a long way, and uh, there have been lots of successes, and I'm, I'm just very, very thrilled to be here today and to share this with you. I don't know how many of you remember um, back in August of 2015, uh, I came to church and shared with you a dream that I had had. And God is, is just so awesome and just so smart. He laid upon my heart to share that dream with you guys because he knew what was coming so that whenever I got up here today, I'd be able to refer you back to that dream. Okay? So the dream was this. My husband called us. It was during hurricane season. My husband called Rico and I, and he told us, he said, there's a hurricane coming. Uh, Y'all need to get out of the house and drive towards McClenny. Just go, just go west. And so we said, okay, and, and he says, I'll, I'll meet up with y'all later. So we started driving west towards McClenny, and, and Rico was in the car with me, and he kept turning around and looking over his shoulder, and he'd say, Mama, that, that storm's catching up with us. And I said, Rico, that's impossible. It's supposed to be going the other way. Well, I drove faster. In a few minutes, Rico looked back over his shoulder and again he said, Mama, he says, I'm sorry, but that's, that storm's going to get us. And I said, no, no, I'll drive faster. So I drove faster. Third time it happened, Mama, the storm is, is going to get us. It's got us. And the minute he said that, the car was completely engulfed in blackness. We couldn't see a thing. The next thing I knew, the, the car uh, was up in the air. And the car was being turned and twirled and tossed. And we would hit up against things violently. And you could hear and feel the car just shudder. And I grabbed his hand. He grabbed mine. I'm speaking in my prayer language and speaking in tongues. And he's praying that the Lord would send his angels to protect us. And tears are streaming down our faces because we don't know how this is going to end up. Well, to make a long story short, after we were tousled and turned and hit up against, all of a sudden the clouds cleared away. And here we are up in the air. And he kind of looked at me and I kind of looked at him. Um, like, oh no, this is it, because we knew we were, what goes up, you know, has to come down. And so the car just floated down to the ground. When we got down to the ground, we were brought outside of the car to look down upon the car and everything around the car was devastated. There were pieces of buildings. There were other cars that were completely demolished. There were, there were dead animals. There were pieces of roofs. Um, everything was just, just terrible. I looked at him. He looked at me. 
We looked at the car. That car should have been destroyed. He and I should have been terribly wounded or dead from everything around us, the way it looked. And out of the corner of my eye, as we were up here looking down at the car, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a, a finger pointing to the car in a long white robe. I didn't see anything but a profile of this long white robe and a finger pointing to the car. And I heard a voice and the voice said, notice I didn't take you out of the storm, but I was with you through the storm. The only mark that my car had on it was a three and a half inch mark scratch underneath the mirror. And we, we, just, we, we just started rejoicing. And I heard the voice again say, notice I didn't take you out of the storm, but I was with you through the storm. That was August, September time frame of 2015. Little did I know that that dream was for me and not for you guys. I didn't realize what God was going to uh, allow me to walk through. And he told me from the beginning that what he was allowing me to walk through was going to be used for his glory. So that's why we're here today. Um, I went ahead and had my mammogram done in January, like I was supposed to, and I received a phone call stating that uh, I had breast cancer. We had caught it at a stage two, which is uh, better than a stage three and a stage four, uh, but it still requires some work, which meant chemotherapy, radiation therapy, and to be on a pill of chemotherapy for about five or 10 years. Well, we started off with the phone call and um, the doctor told me I had the cancer and then I got a second phone call. And of course, when the doc doc doctor told me I, I had cancer, I was immediately, I was very afraid. Just that fear took over me. Not necessarily for me, but, but for my family. You know, what was my son going to do? It was his senior year in high school. And my husband, what was, what was he going to do? How would this affect them? And the Lord immediately brought back that dream to me and said, I'll be with you through the storm. So as we continued in January, I received that news. I called the doctor. My doctor said, my primary care physician said, come on over, we'll talk. I went by there and talked to her. She says, well, I'd like for you to see Dr. Uh, Brinkman. This is the surgeon you can see. And she said, uh, we'll get you in to see Dr. Kent. You're the oncologist. And I said, okay. Well, I went to see her that day without thinking I would end up seeing all the doctors the same day. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to make an appointment to see a surgeon or a doctor and try to get an oncologist to see you the same day that you called, especially a new patient appointment. That just doesn't happen. 
So I called, I'm at the primary care doctor. She says, well, let me call Dr. Brinkman and, and tell him I want him to see you. He told her, send her on over. So I go to Dr. Brinkman, he's the surgeon, he counsels me. He says, who are you planning on seeing for oncology? I said, well, we're trying to get me in to see Dr. Kent. He says, well, let me call her. He picks up the phone and calls her and she says, send her right over, okay? So while I'm there, Dr. Dr. Kent says, well, you know, you're gonna need an oncologist radi radiation doctor. And she says, I've got one right here in my practice. All three specialties in the same day. Again, God's showing me he's going to be with me through the storm. Um, I had a phone call when I got home from a young lady whose voice I, I thought I recognized but didn't quite recognize. And uh, she was registering, for me, registering me for a test that I had to have done. And she started talking to me about this test, and she says, um, by the way, do you go first assembly of God? And I said, yes, I do. And she says, well, this is Stacy Jordan. And I said, oh, Stacy, how are you? You know, I didn't even realize that Stacy worked at Orange Park Hospital and uh, what the connection was between her and Tanya and Paul back here, and, and um, she said, yeah, I'm supposed to schedule you for this test. And I said, oh, okay. Now, here again, out of all the people that could have called me to schedule me for a test for um, this uh, breast cancer test, it was somebody who I knew who went to my church and who was a person of faith. Again, God's showing me he ain't leaving me behind. He's right there with me. Um, so we had the biopsy done. They did a test where they checked my lymph nodes. The lymph nodes were negative. Again, the Lord just showing me again, hey, it's going to be okay. Um, the biopsy was done. And, of course, it did show up positive, and we did have to start chemotherapy. So, in February, I'm a little nervous, so I have dry mouth. So, y'all, excuse me. Hand me that bottle of water down there. I'm not going to let the enemy win this one. Y'all, just excuse me. I'll set that right there. So, um... We didn't know exactly how we were going to handle this as far as February is concerned. We, I thought, well, I'm just going to keep everything quiet and I'm not going to tell anybody. And, and my son suggests, no, Mom, why don't you, he says, I think you should declare it on Facebook, what's going on so people can pray and us let the devil know that we're not going to take this laying down. So we did. I announced it on Facebook that um, I had breast cancer and that we were moving forward with treatment. And I used Facebook to give daily accounts of what was going on as far as my progress was concerned and to share not, not the challenges and not the hardships of cancer, 
um, but to share my victories that the Lord would allow me to overcome because it wasn't easy. And he needed to get all the glory for helping me through. So in February, we did my first chemo treatment, and I dressed up in a little pink lady outfit, had the pink pants on the pink hat and everything. I looked so cute for my first chemo treatment, and we took pictures and everything, and by the second treatment, it wasn't that pretty because I started losing my hair. <laughs> And the next one, uh, we, I had Tanya come over and she uh, just gave me a zip cut and uh, I was bald headed and um, we were so amazed at the outpouring of people that would bring by food for us because when you're under chemotherapy, the fatigue you experience, you, you just don't have the uh, strength to get up and cook clean house, anything. I had people come by and clean my house. I had people come by that brought dinners for us. Again, God showing me I wasn't alone through the storm, that he was there with me. He was sending his people to minister to me and to pray for me and lift me up. I was so, so touched and wanted to think. And here's another thing. If you go to this church and your pastor tells you he prays for you, he doesn't pray, Lord, I hope you bless my congregation. No, he calls you by name and brings your name in front of the throne of God. This man is serious about praying for his flock. And I could feel it, and he would tell me every time I saw him, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. And I knew he was, because I could feel it. I really could. Um, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Um, we knew that I couldn't work much longer because of the fatigue. And plus, when you're having chemotherapy, you are immunosuppressed, so you can't really be around sick people, and I'm a nurse. So we knew that I was going to have to quit work, so I went ahead and quit work, and we didn't know what we were going to do because we were unprepared financially for, for what was coming next, and we kind of figured out it was going to be rough. Well, it was income tax time, and Eddie and I talked about we didn't know for sure how this was all going to pan out because there is a certain amount of money that you're expected to pay as far as your insurance is concerned. And then we had Rico senior year to consider he had things he needed for his senior year. And so we filed for our income tax not knowing what to expect and again me without work. And so the day that we got our income tax and Eddie filed for income tax. Y'all just have to forgive me because God has been so good to me. He came home and he had big old tears in his eyes and I've never seen my husband. I've seen him cry one other time. And that's whenever his mama passed away. And he had big old tears in his eyes. He says, you're not going to believe this. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. He came home and he says, you're not going to believe this. And I said, what? And I saw the tears in his eyes and I thought something was wrong. And I said, um, I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? He said, you're just not going to believe this. And he had to sit down. 
And he sat down, he says, you're not going to believe how much of a tax return we're getting this year. And he shared with me, and I just started crying and praising the Lord because at the same point in time this hit us, we had three vehicles that all needed work done on them. And we had to pay, we had to have money, like I said, for Rico's senior year and then also for Rico's first semester of college. And the money that we received helped us get through that time period. So again, what was God doing? Showing us that he's not going to let us go through the storm alone, that he was with us all the way. So uh, thank God. In March, the chemotherapy, I'm in the middle of chemotherapy, and it's starting to get a little bit harder uh, as far as moving and breathing is concerned. I'm getting weaker. And I happened to, Eddie would go to most of my appointments. In fact, he did go to all my appointments with me except for the lab work. And on lab days, I would go by myself. And um, I remember specifically, these are little things that God would do. I pulled into Chick-fil-A one day out in Middleburg. And I wasn't having a very good strength day. I was pretty weak. And uh, he couldn't make it that day because he had... uh, uh, I believe he had a meeting or something he had to attend, and I was okay. I just, I just wasn't feeling good. I pulled into uh, Chick-fil-A, and this 18-year-old kid who didn't know me from Adam, I pulled up to pay for my food, and he saw me and my little bald head, and he said, ma'am, he says, your bill's been taken care of today. And I said, What? He said, yes, ma'am, the Lord told me to take care of your bill today. (laughs) Now, I'm telling you, God again showing me I'm not in this thing by myself. So uh, that was in March. We started working on our Easter drama. And uh, that was an undertaking, but I felt like if I could at least do something special for God because I knew he was going to do something special for us this year, and I believe that. And I thought, well, if he's going to do something special for me, I want to do something special for him. So we started working with the choir and and the drama team and started putting together an Easter drama. Um, Eddie, at that time frame, got sick with pneumonia. Poor guy. He'd been running me to all my appointments. He not once did he leave me by myself, and Rico would help out too. And and um, he got pneumonia, and I couldn't even go to the emergency room with him because I, I they wouldn't let me in. And so uh, I got a phone call from Miss Libby, and Miss Libby says, "What what is it that you you need? What is it that you like to eat?" And I said, "Well, when I'm down and out and not feeling good, I like soup." I could eat soup till it ran out my ears. That woman brought me seven days worth of soup (laughs) with bread. 
And I mean, again, God's showing us through God's people that he's got us. He's taking care of us. Uh, I, I mean, seven, I could not, homemade soup too. So that was, was just absolutely awesome. And again, God just letting us know, uh, you know, that he is not going to leave us or forsake us. And that he's never, ever going to put anything more on us than what, he, what, than what we can withstand. We did the Easter drama, and what made it all worth it all was, I don't know if y'all remember those little babies that came down and gave their hearts to the Lord. And I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, because that's the other, that's the other thing that I was hoping and praying would happen, that we would have souls that would be one to Christ, and sure enough, they were. Um, they switched my chemotherapy in April to, I had already done adriamycin and cytoxin, and in April they switched my chemotherapy to Taxol. Taxol was supposed to be the easy chemotherapy. And, you know, there are symptoms that some people get and symptoms that other people get, and the ones that hardly anyone ever gets. Well, they told me that the adriamycin and the cytoxin, oh, if you can get through that, you'll just fly through the taxol. That's the easiest one. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> I'm the one who had all the unusual stuff happen. I had all the unusual side effects. And what happened was the taxol chemo got toxic in my system. And when that happens, it starts affecting the nerves in your hands and the nerves in your feet. It's um, kind of like having diabetic neuropathy, but times a thousand. Um, and of course, they give you medication to help deal with all of that. But I had had uh, two out of the four treatments, and I was having such a hard time. I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I said, if there's any way that you can help me not have to go through this. I said, there's two more of these taxols. Let them, let them, you know, take this from me. Because this, this is, it, it was a lot. And so I go to the doctor and she says, oh, well, we're going to put you on this other drug. And I said, well, I'm reading this other drug's information and that drug says it causes the same side effects. And I've had six out of eight treatments. Why do I have to go on that other drug? She says, well, now that I think about it, she says, you've had six out of eight treatments? And I said, yes, ma'am. She says, well, you get the biggest bang for your buck with chemo in your first four. She says, you don't have to do any more. And I went, what? She says, you don't have to do any more chemo. I said, at all. She said, no, at all. You do not have to do any more chemo. I graduated from chemotherapy two treatments early, so I only had to do six instead of eight. Again, God's showing me. I'm not by myself. He's with me through the storm. That was the same month that I also had to have surgery because we were getting ready to start radiation. The, the uh, cyst or the tumor itself was 3.5 centimeters in 
width and probably about that that big. Um, and the thing about the chemo was the chemo was supposed to shrink the tumor down. So when they went in to perform what they call the lumpectomy and they take the tumor out, um, it would be a, a lot smaller of an impact uh, on the surgical area. So anyway, three and a half centimeters, it was about like that, it was oddly shaped. And so um, the doctor goes in and he forgot to take the portacath out. He was supposed to take the portacath out at that time, but he, he didn't because we were getting ready for radiation. The portacath had to be gone. But when he went back in um, to check on that tumor and to get that tumor out, the tumor had shrunk from 3.5 centimeters down to 1.5 centimeters. So again, God's moving. And God is showing me, you know, I'm with you through the storm. I've got this. I've got this. Um, they took the tumor out, and we started on radiation. So June and July was all radiation. In the middle of July, I started having some shortness of breath, and at some points and times could hardly walk. And if I did walk, I was walking bent over <sighs> like this. Couldn't figure out why. And they did some heart tests on me. I passed them all, and they said, oh, it's not your heart. It's, it's the chemo. It's the chemo. It's the results of the chemo. It, you'll, you know, it, it will get better. Well, to make a long story short, we went ahead and went through some radiation treatments. And uh, I'm still having those issues. And um, so in the middle of radiation, I had another bout of chest pain and had to go back into the hospital. And this time I told them, I said, I passed everything again, but they didn't do a heart cath. And so I told the heart doctor, I said, if I had a heart cath, would it show up a blockage? Because I knew something wasn't right with my body. And so the heart doctor said, well, sure, it, it'll show, but I really don't think we're going to find anything because you passed all these other tests. So we stopped radiation therapy long enough for me to go have a heart cath done and ended up, uh, after an hour and a half in the procedure, the uh, cardiologist was just about ready to give up. And what was happening was my co right coronary artery was so hardened and so calcified and blocked that they were having a hard time getting the stents in. They couldn't get stents in, it was so blocked. And they give you Versed and fentanyl for medication. Versed is a, is a drug that's not, it, it helps you not remember what you've just gone through. And fentanyl is a pain medicine. Well, when they give you that medicine, it's supposed to knock you out, kind of make you loopy, and so you kind of sleep halfway through the procedure. Well, I never went to sleep. So I'm up during this, and, I, and I'm peeking around at the doctor going, uh, there was this big piece of machinery there that he's using to help him do the test. I'm looking around at the doctor and I said, Doc, I said, I really need you to make sure that you are able to get this done. Because if he had not been able to get it done, it would have meant what? Open heart surgery. So he said, yeah, give her 25 milligrams more of fentanyl. Because he's wanting me to shut up and go to sleep. <laughs> 
so in a minute, he says, does this hurt? And I said, yes, sir, it does. <laughs> he said, give her another 25. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I said, Doc, now it's two hours. And I said, Doc, I said, wait a minute, let's pray. So I stopped the whole procedure in the, the room. And see, what's happening is he's getting frustrated with his helpers too because he's not able to do what he's supposed to be able to do as a doctor and so he's taking it out on his, his co-workers and the team and so I just said you know what we're going to stop and we're going to pray and so I prayed I said Lord I said dear heavenly father I said please give this man my brother the wisdom and the patience and the tools that he needs to help make me better. And I said, then Lord, I said, please give him, give his staff the patience and the tools that they need to be able to assist him. The whole atmosphere in the surgical room changed just like that. We had been in there two hours. And all of a sudden, he starts back up again after he tells them, give her another 25 milligrams of fentanyl, okay? And he, they start putting that first um, stent in. When he started putting that first stent back in, okay, because he tried three others before and they wouldn't go in, he said the first words out of his mouth were, oh my, he says, it's working, it's working. He, he got it in and he said, give me so-and-so and so-and-so. They gave him another. I ended up with four uh, stents in that day and was able to breathe better within 24 hours. So again, God showing me that I wasn't going through this alone. And you know, you wonder why sometimes things happen the way they do. Uh, you know, in a way, cancer helped save my life because I didn't realize that, that I had a blocked coronary artery and wasn't having symptoms until all of this. So cancer really pointed out me having to go through what I went through. Cancer helped point out a shortcoming in an area that was medically, could have been so medically compromised that I could have had a heart attack and not been here today. So, um, anyway, uh, I go in, I'm having the radiation done, and I talk to my radiation doctor, and I say, I hear that there are two forms of radiation. And one of them is the two-month version, which I'll say I have to have, and then there's the one-month version. And she said, yes, but we don't know that you qualify for the one-month version. And I said, well, could you find out for me? And of course, I had a few people help, helping me pray. And so we were able to uh, get back with the doctor. And of course, guess what she said? You qualify for the one month version. So uh, not two months of radiation, but only one month of radiation. So as you can see, all throughout this process, God has uh, just absolutely been there for me. We um, had a night out that my husband, I just had my, my hair cut off and I was bald. And you know, when you're bald, you can get away with murder. 
And we went into, uh, especially if you're a little old lady. <laughs> and so we went into Longhorns for my birthday, and I ran into a friend of mine there, and um, she didn't know I had cancer, and um, she said, um, uh, I said, where are you working? And she said, oh, I'm working for the state of Florida. And I said, do the, you think they might have anything I might be able to qualify for? in the shape I'm in. She says, I don't know, why don't you call Sherry? So I called Sherry, the boss, not too many weeks later, and um, ended up uh, getting hired on uh, to do case management for a company that will allow me to come and go as I need to according to my doctor's appointments. Now, what company does that? I mean, nobody does that. I mean, again, so God being the, the God that he is, is not just taking care of this over here. He's not just taking care of this over here. Honey, he's multitasking. He's working in my favor all over the place. And I'm sitting here going, thank you, Jesus. I am so unworthy, and I just love you. I, I just praise you. I just could not believe that all these little things that God had put together were just for me, that he loved me so much that he was willing to do all of that for me. That same night, we ran into a couple, and um, she saw me get up to go to the bathroom, and she, she didn't know me from Adam. She saw me get up and go to the bathroom, and she was a little worried about me because I was a little weak on my feet, and she asked Eddie, she said, you mind if I just follow her and watch out for her? And I didn't know that it was between the two of them they had worked this out. She followed me to the bathroom and was in there and then came back. And I noticed this lady was following me back. And I'm thinking, what in the world is this lady following me for? And she said, I went to the bathroom just to watch out for you because I felt like you were a little weak. I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And, and she said, um, I want to tell you something. And I said, yes, ma'am. And I, I sat her down beside me, and, and she says, my husband said something about you whenever you stopped. I had uh, said something to them on the way in, because uh, I made a comment about his hair, because I had none. And I thought his hair was just beautiful, and, and so I said, oh, your hair is just, I'm, tell me where you get your hair done so I can go get some. And... Um, he told her after I left, and this is what she was telling me, he doesn't know, they didn't know me, keep this in mind, and he told her, he says, I don't know who that lady is, but she's got a special anointing on her life, and whatever she's going through, God is going to use in a mighty way. Now, these are people that don't even know me. During the Easter program, people, different Different choir members would come up to me and encourage me and say, Melody, God's going to use this. God's going to use your testimony in a, in a mighty way. Just hang in there. And, and they, would, they would tell me, we see the glory of the Lord on your face. What I'm here to tell you today is this. It doesn't matter what you're going through. God loves you. And he has not left you behind. He's with you through your, your storm. 
And he wants you to know that he will always be there for you. There isn't anything that you will go through that he will not be beside you. And I want to read you one scripture. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, and it says, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the deep waters, you're mine. <laughs> I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you're mine. <laughs> you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. You're mine. <laughs> the flames will not consume you. You're mine. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Saba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. And what that tells me is that God so loved his son that he was even willing to give up his son because he loves me enough to give up his own blood so that he could send him to earth so that I might have everlasting life and so that he could take my stripes and that he could take the stripes and be healed for our illnesses and our sicknesses. It says right here, I got the scripture, and if it's in the Bible... It's true, okay? It says, you are honored. I love you. So if you don't leave out of this building today without knowing anything else, know that God is with you through your storm and that he loves you and that he will never, ever leave you or forsake you.